What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Cricket has 2.5 billion fans worldwide, and it's the world's second most popular sport behind soccer. But with baseball stealing its thunder in the United States over the last 200 plus years, the sport is looking to make a comeback. So today's podcast breaks down the individuals that raised $120 million to fund Major League Cricket and why their plan might actually work. This is a super interesting topic, and I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Let's get right into it. Okay, so last month, thousands of sports fans attended a sold-out stadium in North Texas. These fans waited several hours to enter the venue in 100-degree sweltering heat. Some of them traveled thousands of miles from states like California, Florida, and New York. And the atmosphere was described by one person as electric, despite some of the fans not even knowing the rules of the game. But this wasn't a football game. Fans weren't attending a soccer match. And you'd be wrong if you guessed basketball, baseball, tennis, rugby, or lacrosse, too. That's because this was the first ever Major League Cricket match in the United States. And with billions of fans worldwide and financial backing from some of America's most influential tech executives, Major League Cricket might just be getting started. Cricket has a long and complex history in the United States. The sport originated in the early 17th century in Southeast England and was played by British colonists in North America by the start of the 18th century. Haverford College formed its first cricket team in 1833. Then the University of Pennsylvania, Penn, Harvard, Princeton, Cornell, and Columbia joined Haverford to form the Intercollegiate Cricket Association and the sport began to take off. But while cricket started to get exported to other parts of the globe during the early 19th century colonization, namely India, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Pakistan, and Bangladesh, the sport didn't see the same outcome in the United States. That's because a variation of the sport called baseball was quicker and simpler. For example, if you look at traditional cricket games back in the day, they were played over five days, and they required a specially prepared pitch. And baseball was quicker. It only took, you know, an hour, hour and a half. And it was simpler to understand. The rules were easier. People could pick it up much quicker than they could cricket. And baseball was also a game that America could claim as its own. So baseball quickly became known as America's national pastime. Everyone started playing it, following it, watching it, etc. And cricket disappeared. But the opposite happened in other parts of the world. For example... Cricket is now the world's second most popular sport after soccer, with 2.5 billion fans from 180 nations. So again, we all know soccer is the world's most popular sport. Everyone talks about it. Everyone watches it. We all know about it, whether you're in America, whether you're in Europe, whether you're in Asia, wherever you are. Everyone knows soccer is huge. But cricket is the world's second most popular sport, with 2.5 billion fans from 180 nations. Now, 1 billion of those 2.5 billion fans are from India, 535 million, and China, 408 million. And I want to give you a little bit of context to understand how big some of these sports stars are. So again, I know I compare Instagram followers from time to time, and it's not always the best comparison for the popularity of somewhere or whatever. But I think it probably serves its purpose when we're talking about stars from different sports and their global popularity. So Virat Kohli, who is one of the most famous cricketers of all time, he has 256 million Instagram followers. Virat Kohli, 
256 million Instagram followers, which is more Instagram followers than LeBron James, Serena Williams, Roger Federer, Shohei Otani, Patrick Mahomes, and Tiger Woods combined. Combined, right? So again, Barack Kohli, one of the world's most famous cricketers, has 256 million followers, which is more than LeBron James, who has 155 million, Serena Williams, who has 17 million, Roger Federer, who has 12 million, Shohei Otani, who has 6 million, Patrick Mahomes, who has 6 million, and Tiger Woods, who has 3 million. Combined. Combined. So I made a little chart here for the newsletter, and I'll read it to you for the podcast. It just explains the most followed person on Instagram by sport. So for soccer, Cristiano Ronaldo is number one. He has 600 million followers on Instagram. For cricket, Barack Kohli is number one. He has 256 million followers on Instagram. For basketball, LeBron James is number one. He has 155 million followers on Instagram. For football, American football, Odell Beckham Jr. is number one. He has 18 million followers. For baseball, MLB, Shohei Otani is number one with 6 million followers. For hockey, it's Alexander Ovechkin with 2 million followers. So again, there's a huge drop-off just based on the global popularity of each sport. Again, Shohei Otani feels like this guy runs the freaking world right now in the U.S. He's all over the internet. He's the league leader in home runs for Major League Baseball right now. He's pitching lights out. He's in line to win another MVP award. He's absolutely amazing, a unicorn all over social media. He has 6 million followers on Instagram. 6 million. Barack Kohli, again, has 256 million. And I don't tell you this for the business behind it or anything like that. It's simply to explain the global popularity of some of the world's most famous cricketers. Now, not every player is like that, just like not every soccer player has Cristiano Ronaldo's following. But again, the audience for cricket is massive, and the people that are at the top of their game and the most popular cricketers, they have massive, massive, massive followings that are much bigger than any of our American sports stars. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. But even with baseball becoming one of America's four major sports leagues over the last hundred plus years, Immigrants from cricket-crazed countries have turned America, America, into one of the world's biggest cricket markets, the third biggest, actually, with 63 million people engaging with the sport annually. This data is from Sponsor Plus. They say that India has the, the biggest population of cricket fans with 535 million people engaging with the sport on an annual basis. China is number two with 408 million people engaging with the sport on an annual basis. And the United States is number three. Obviously, the United States has one of the world's largest populations, and the immigrants that come from these cricket-crazed countries have increased our popularity when it comes to cricket specifically. So 63 million people in the United States, reportedly, according to sponsor Pulse, engage with cricket on an annual basis. That's good for third in the world. Indonesia is number four with 55 million. Brazil is number five with 35 million. And now, Major League Cricket, what we'll call MLC, wants to turn that attention into enterprise value. The U.S.-based Cricket League has raised $120 million in funding from people like the Microsoft CEO and Adobe CEO. They play a shortened version of cricket called T20, producing more hits and scoring in games that last just three hours. 
So that's important, right? How I mentioned earlier that cricket didn't come as popular in the United States because games would take five hours. They were super complex. This newer version of cricket called T20, there's more hits, more scoring, so more action overall. And the games last just three hours, which is in line kind of with football, with baseball, with basketball, with more American sports. And in addition to stadium renovations in North Texas and Mooresville, North Carolina, where MLC literally took baseball fields and transformed them in the span of just a few months into real cricket fields, MLC is also committing funds, I think it's $30 million in investment, to build a 10,000-seat cricket stadium in Los Angeles. So they're going to go build a premier cricket stadium in Los Angeles for the league. But most important, this is the most important thing that you're going to hear in this entire podcast. And it's one of the reasons why I am so bullish on cricket in general. We can talk about the demographics. We can talk about the rise of interest over the last few decades, et cetera, et cetera. But the most important reason why Major League Cricket could succeed in the United States is because USA Cricket awarded Major League Cricket the exclusive, exclusive license to run a professional T20 league in the United States. No one else can run a professional T20 league in the United States. No other entity can set up a professional cricket league in the United States. So that effectively provides Major League Cricket with a monopoly, a monopoly on the investment into the sport, a monopoly on the, the stars of the sport in the United States, a monopoly on the fan attention for the sport. They're going to have a monopoly on everything because USA Cricket awarded this organization the sole license to run a professional T20 league in the United States. That's obviously very, very big from a business standpoint. And the first Major League Cricket season went really well. It only lasted a month. This is one of the big differences between cricket and some of the other sports that you're probably accustomed to in the United States or Europe. The season for Major League Cricket only lasted a month, and there were only 18 regular season games plus the championship, etc. But a very short season lasted less than a month. Every game was sold out, which I think is important. And the shorter season made it so some of the world's best players could compete in the league. So one of the reasons that they do this is because they treat these cricket seasons more like tournaments, right? And the world's best players can travel the world and play in different seasons or what we'll call tournaments. And that is one of the main reasons why the Major League Cricket season is less than a month. If you want the most talented players in the world to come play in the tournament, you have to make it short enough to where they can fulfill their other commitments. So again, it's not like the NFL season, which lasts several months. It's not like the NBA season or the MLB season or the NHL season. They don't last half the year. Formula One lasts what feels like the entire year. Cricket is different where specifically Major League Cricket, it's less than a month their first season was. But like I said, they got some of the world's best players to play in the tournament. There was only 18 regular season games. Every single one of them was sold out and the atmosphere was amazing which enabled Major League Cricket to go out and sign global broadcasting deals in year one. In year one, they signed global broadcasting deals. So in North America, they signed deals with Willow TV, which is a 24-7 cricket broadcasting company in the United States for North America. They also had some games on CBS Sports. In Australia, they did a deal with Fox Cricket. In the Caribbean, they did Sportsmax. In India, they did Viacom 18. In New Zealand, they did Sky New Zealand. In Pakistan, they did A Sports. In South Africa, they did Super Sport. In the United Kingdom, they did BT Sport. So again, all over the world, they struck media deals, which is very important for the longevity of this sport. So while there's undoubtedly a long way to go before we consider cricket a legitimate player in the American sports landscape, the seeds have been planted. Major League Cricket already has a built-in fan base of 50 million plus people in the United States. They have raised more than enough money, $120 million, to fund the operation for several years at a loss. 
and with the expat community of South Asian and Indian Americans increasing year over year and decade over decade, the future looks bright for Major League Cricket. In the end, this is not a league I would sleep on if I was you guys. Again, it doesn't need to be the NFL. It doesn't need to be the NBA. It doesn't need to be the MLB to be successful. It can be a multi-billion dollar entity with just running one month-long tournament every single year in the United States. The fan base is huge, strictly off the built-in community they already have from immigrants that have come to this country from cricket-crazed countries, and I think it's going to be much bigger than it is today. America knows how to do one thing really, really, really well, and it's capitalism. They know how to grow these sports leagues, they know how to monetize them, and the investors they have on this board from the capital that they've already raised, but the experience that they have, I think it's going to get much bigger than it is today. There's other alternative sports like pickleball and other things like that are popping up and making bold proclamations about how they're going to be one of the most popular sports in the United States. I would throw all of those to the side. I think cricket has a huge opportunity in the United States to expand their fan base, to get regular sports fans, typical Americans that have not come from these other countries, interested in the sport. And I think Major League Cricket, based solely on their exclusive license to be the only T20 league in this country, is going to lead the way on that. It's exciting times ahead. And I am personally excited and optimistic about the future of Major League Cricket. That's it for today. I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast, learning about something that we may not talk about very often, which is the sport of cricket and its global popularity. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this episode on, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever. Five-star episode. Let me know what you're enjoying. Let me know what I can improve. Thank you so much. Have a great day and we'll talk later this week.